Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burgermaster. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burgermaster is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burgermaster on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey everybody, it's Brian. If you haven't noticed, it is absolutely nuts out there in the housing market. If you don't know exactly what you're doing and you don't have someone that you trust by your side to guide you through the process, good luck getting the home you want or getting the best price for the home you're selling. John Hurlbut at Altitude Homes is a guy I've known for years, over a decade, a friend and someone I trust implicitly. If you are in Pierce, South King, or Thurston counties, there is nobody better to help guide you through the real estate process right now. Go on over to altitudehomesteam.com slash hawkablogger. Now, again, that's altitudehomesteam.com slash hawkblogger. Sign up to contact John. He will help you with the process, and all referrals will result in a $1,000 donation from John and the Altitude Homes team to Ben's Fund. Everybody wins. Go in there, get your help, get your dream home, get the most money for your home. AltitudeHomesTeam.com slash HawkBlogger. Hey all, Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching, and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S., and what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com. Click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks fans. The skyline is etched in my veins. You can never put that out no matter how hard it rains in my city. Hello. episode of real hawk talk it's real depressing talk as the seahawks lose to pete carroll's san francisco 49ers um yeah this sucks it's not fun to lose to them it's not fun fun to uh be at this point in the season it was such a fun ride to 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 hear and i think we've hit a bit of a nadir um uh the game hit a bit of a nadir at the very end uh but uh yeah so we'll get into all of it uh, i'm nathan ernst i'm apparently your host tonight uh we have of course the hawk blogger brian nemhauser uh brian are you in a place where you can say hello Brian is not in a place where he can say hello. Hopefully, uh, everyone can hear me. Can you hear me, Nathan? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm on the train. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> uh, it's funny. I don't feel that depressed about this. Can you still hear me? I can still hear you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like, I mean, I had very, I had zero expectations coming to this game. In fact, I expected this to be a total blowout. So uh, I thought the Seahawks defense would just, it's thin on talent to begin with, and it's been struggling. They played their heart out. 
they play as hard as they could, and they were basically a Travis Homer fumble away from this being a much closer game, which is crazy. 49ers are way more talented, and, you know, Seahawks at least made it competitive. I, I, I was fully expecting this to be a 40-3 to kind of, like, waxing, and I think every 49ers fan that came to the stadium today, of which there were many, I think they were expecting the same thing. Uh, I was ready to kind of come with that take, uh, and I, 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 you know, on the whole, I agree. Uh, they looked uh, more respectable than I, I probably uh, would have thought, but then they gave up whatever, however long run that was at the very end, uh, and that took a lot of wind out of my sails. So, Jeff, do you, do you, how are you? Are you, are you depressed? Are you uh, strangely optimistic? Are you gassy? How are you feeling? Probably none of those. Um... <laughs> I expected to be depressed fully, and when it was looking pretty bad early, I didn't think I'd be on this post-game show. I thought I would have needed the night off. But for the most part, I was kind of pleasantly surprised that the defense didn't embarrass themselves against the run. It was, if not for that Travis Homer-Diggs turn of events, it would have been a pretty close game. And I think realistically, you just see, A, how good San Francisco is on defense. Like, they were so impressive tonight. Their defensive line... The linebackers almost picked off that first play where Geno should have ran for the first down. And and you see Seattle's limitations. Like, their the offensive line was not good tonight. The interior got blown up several times. The defensive line did much better against the run than I thought. I thought that's where the game would just be an absolute blowout. And they were pretty respectable. So I think if you're just looking at honestly, you can just see one team as a Super Bowl roster, and you can see Seattle is a limited – they have pretty big limitations at the line of scrimmage. And it's just more evidence to me that they need to fix that. I know people are talking about quarterback to me. It's all line of, you're not going to win money games against good teams when you're that one side of the line of scrimmage. Like just to, if I can build in what Jeff said. So like, we already know the CX defense is pretty bad, right? And they've given up over 170 yard rushing pretty much to everybody lately. And then they didn't have Al Woods. And then they lost Brian Monet. Then, uh, you know, they eventually lose Jordan Brooks. Um, so you've got a, already a talent problem. And you got Tanner Muse in there. And uh, Miles Adams. Like, these are the guys you're running out there. And you're going against the hottest team in the NFL that has one of the most physical offensive lines out there. And I thought they played – I felt bad for them because I felt like they played their hearts out. I thought the Travis Homer fumble really screwed them. I thought Quandre Diggs had a game that everyone's been complaining about him. To me, this was a game where it's like, all right, I'm questioning this guy's heart. I, I have to say, like, I saw Bruce Irvin yell at him after missing a tackle on the blown coverage to George Kittle's uh, second touchdown. And he dropped the pick. I just – I – I wonder if Quandary Diggs is, is if his heart's in this. He just doesn't seem like himself. So, yeah. I mean, the offense, I, I agree with Jeff on this on 49ers defense. I felt like there was a 50-50 chance on every single play that the 49ers were going to turn over. <laughs> we're going to take the ball away from the Seahawks. Like, it just seemed very perilous every snap. And I thought the Seahawks actually went away from the run game, which I'm sure Nathan feels as well. But – I thought the run game was not awful today. They were getting three, four, five yards, but they went away for it for long stretches, and I thought that was a mistake. 
Uh, well, I'm glad that you you guys are all uh, deciding to to take the silver lining here, so I can revert to my natural state of being a complainy, whiny narcissist. Uh, first of all, I want to say shout out to Evan, who before the game said we all have to show up tonight for the post game and do the post game pod. Uh, and uh, wherever you are, Evan, I hope you're having a good time. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I want to say, you know. I think that this was a weird game that covered over uh, Seattle being pretty terrible. Uh, the Geno P- Smith pick six, uh, which is very easy for me to say, uh, getting called back on kind of a ticky-tack call. Um, oh, you know, you, <laughs> yeah, oh, was, so you, you can point a, to the Homer bad. fumble, but you can also point <laughs> to, to stuff like that. Yeah, that um, was a brickle call. They gave up. They, they didn't ever let uh McCaffrey break completely free like we saw at the very end of the game with whoever that dude is uh but he was he was busting some pretty good runs from now and again um so yeah and and I just think you know I I feel like as fans we have become the the frog in the or the the whatever it is you put in boiling water we're the lobsters and Pete Carroll has just been cranking down the expectation on this team for years now so that Seattle can look pretty completely uncompetitive with the San Francisco 49er team. And we want to talk about silver linings. And I think that's frustrating. Um, But I know it's a weird year. I know they traded Russ and on the whole it's positive, but uh, I don't know, man, this team has been, we're we're talking about players screaming at each other on the sideline because they're not trying hard enough to tackle. And that, to me, is just hard to come away from the game feeling feeling good about a whole lot of anything. See, I don't, <laughs> don't feel mistake. good. I don't feel yeah. good either. That's that's different. Go ahead, Jeff. Well, I'm just saying I thought this game would be 38-3. to And the fact that it was watchable and close and they didn't get destroyed against the run every play, I'm coming out not miserable like I was expecting. So it's purely feeling good relative to my expectations. But looking at the big picture, like you see a really limited team that needs a lot of help personnel-wise. A lot of their big money players are not playing well. Like, yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Nathan. Like, this team is not close to contending, and that's disappointing. Like, Brian, what were you gonna say? I might be in a bad cell zone. Can you guys hear me? Okay. All right. We'll 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 come back to you. Let us know when you when you're ready. So okay, so let's 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 not let me get too curmudgingly about this then, Jeff. Um, what were the positives like, and not just the relative positives, but did you come away with anything that was legitimately like I feel good about this? I'll, I'll throw one out there right off the bat. Uh, Kenneth Walker uh, looked fast as hell, um, and you know whatever a running back is worth. Uh, this is a dude who's had a couple seemingly fairly serious injuries. He had the weird hernia thing. He had the, the ankle thing, which didn't look like anything, but then it came out. This is something he's been dealing with since high school. And, it, you know, I think uh, didn't look like he really had missed a beat. So I'll, I'll throw that one out there as a, as a positive. Yeah. And I thought the play where he that led to the second or the Seattle touchdown where he got him an open space and you just saw his explosion and, you saw the difference between when he gets in the open field versus Travis Homer. And, like, yeah, they need to get that. He's, a, he's one of their best and most explosive players. So, But if you're looking at, like, individual players, that, that's where Nathan's pretty much right. There aren't a lot of, like, guys who can come out of that game being like, oh, this guy played a good game. Like, 
I can't even think of why. I thought the run defense looking functional for the most part to me was the most optimistic thing given how much of a mismatch this looked. But, like, well, that's one of the things I was going to ask. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah. Yep. Um, I guess, Nathan, like, I, I'm kind of this game feeling good. I feel no different about the Seahawks after this game than I did before. I don't think I learned that much about anything. I, I yeah. feel like I knew the Seahawks' defensive line was trash. I knew the Seahawks' defense in general wasn't good enough. I knew the 49ers were way better, way more talented. Um, I knew that the I knew that Austin Blythe is not the guy that we should be running out there at center. Seahawks don't seem to understand that the center position has value, but I certainly do. And uh, so, like, I guess I just didn't learn much other than that the players have some heart. Like, they they put their heart into it, which is nice, because the last few weeks it just felt like not talented and not well-coordinated. And, and so that was – that was nice. I was I was happy to see that they actually had some pride and put that together. Because honestly, when it you know, there's a number of times when it went twenty one to three or twenty one to six, whenever it was, it could have gotten really ugly. I was I was expecting it to get way far away. And they kept they kept finding a way to stay in it. So like that's cool. I, I don't think it means much. I don't think their ceiling has changed. I expect this team to lose every game the rest of the season. That's still what I expect. Um, I expected it coming in. I still expect it coming out. I guess that's maybe as as I'm I'm sitting sitting here and and like processing and and in my feelings a little bit here. I guess maybe the thing I'm realizing is that somehow, even watching that Tampa game in person, watching them lose to the Raiders, watching them lose to the Panthers. Uh, I mean, I've been been, I don't know. I've been shit posting about this team now for a little while, but I think for whatever reason, this is the game where I am now, where you were after the Tampa game. I, I don't know if I'm like just finally catching up with reality, <laughs> or or if I'm if I if I care where way more about the Niners than I ever realized I did, or. Or what? But this game to me is the one where uh, it's the Rob Schneider. Oh no, we suck again. Uh, like <laughs> this, I feel that very deeply in my heart right now, and I don't know why oh, it took me this long to get here, but I, I am here. I'm so sorry for you, dude, because I <laughs> I know what that feeling is like. I, I, yeah. So I, all I can tell you is that it will subside. <laughs> that I don't know, will, man. I don't know. I, I'm firmly in the, will the they suckage. ever be good again? <laughs> yes, they absolutely will. So, like, I mean, look, this is what we talked about on this show what was it, last night. Like, they are teetering on the edge. They had a off season, a great off season. By any account, it's still a great off season. Charles Cross, Abe Lucas are still good players. I think Kobe Bryant played a good game tonight. I have still bullish on him. Tariq Woolen is still a good player. Um, so all those things are still true. Echenna Nuosa was a good free agent signing. He's not like the best player, but he's a good player. Now they need to, they need this draft to hit. Like there's no other way, they cannot mess this draft up. And if they nail it, this team can move significantly farther. I think even if, even if they just get someone like a Jalen Carter, I know that's crazy to say, but like if they just get 
an interior defensive lineman who's a game wrecker and everything else doesn't go right. Just that one change changes the ceiling for this team, puts them in a different place. Um, and then, you know, they've got three other high draft picks. They hit on two out of four or three out of four. I think this team is back into being competitive. Um, you know, like, I just don't think, I don't think they're that far off in that regard, but yeah, they're, <laughs> if they don't hit this draft, they're pretty screwed, dude. They're pretty screwed. Yeah. They moved up in the draft tonight with the loss. Uh, they're now up to 16th pick and they have a very low strength of schedule. So if they do go and four as Brian predicted, that pick can end up 13, 14, 12, somewhere in there. Like, that's looking pretty nice. With I don't know if they will go on four, but Detroit's going to win games. Green Bay's going to win games. Cleveland might win a couple games. Jacksonville might win a couple games. There's – I said it last night. Like, this is arguably the most important offseason that John Schneider's had maybe ever. Because I think it's the kind of thing where you look at the teams tonight, there's just a stark difference in quality, especially at the top. Like the, the amount of quality players San Francisco has and the amount of like established quality players Seattle has is pretty stark. And if they botch this draft or they make the wrong decision at quarterback or they draft a quarterback and pass on getting that defensive line and they don't hit the quarterback right, yeah, Nathan, like Nathan, what he said before is totally right. Like, we could be looking at like a very depressing stretch here. So this offseason is so important. So I don't mind too much moving up the draft, to be honest, at this point. Making the playoffs to me serves very little purpose. I mean, honestly, for both of you, do you think that the Seahawks will be better off? I mean, I'm open to any answer. Do you think the Seahawks will be better off by finishing the season by winning the next? Let's say they win two out of the next three and somehow they make the playoffs. Um, do you think that that would be better for this team or do you think that they would be better next year if they lost their next three games? I mean, this is where Pete Carroll ha- is completely up in my head and has messed with everything that I, I, I know. Like, I mean – 11 years ago when we were having this argument about the seven and whatever, or the, the, at that point they were six and nine Seahawks, right? Trying to make the playoffs. I, I was firmly in the lose, don't go to the playoffs, get the better draft pick, right? Uh, but then they, they win and then beast quake. And then, you know, and then it's all, you know, history from there. Right. Um, so I don't know. I, I have to think that they're better off losing but uh, I don't know if they're better off losing the way they've been losing. Like they are, they are closing this year out in such a, you know, I think a different way than we've probably ever seen a peak. Have they ever closed out a year like this? No. I mean, for, they're like, it's like you, yeah. Like if 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 you're right, Brian, what are they going to end up going? Like one in one in seven. That's yeah, That's you know what's ironic, and and it's not the same. But one of their worst endings to any season uh, under Pete was 2013. They lost, I think, three out of four in the last month, including like game to the Carson Palmer and Cardinals at home. That was like 
threw like Awful. four picks in that game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he threw all these picks and he still lost. Yeah. Anyway, like, no, you're, you're, it, that's the thing. Like, um, I think it's a fair debate to have. I, I am more interested in the debate about whether they need to go continue going with this defensive philosophy or change it. Um, I don't know if they changed anything tonight or not. Uh, I don't know if they talked about that on the broadcast or not. Um, but th- this team is like, they are, they are two off seasons away from being like a good off seasons away from being legitimate contenders. Um, and they might be five years away from being legitimate contenders, depending on how things, unless you think Gino can take you there. So like, that's just, that's just where I am with it. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't give a shit about Pete this way or that way. Fire him, not fire him, whatever. I'm just looking at the talent on the field. That's, that's what I'm focused on right now. And I'm happy with some of the guys they added this year. Uh, I am. I don't want to watch this defense play another snap. I'm so done with this defense. It's it's a grade school defense. It'd be interesting to know like how Pete feels about this performance compared to some of the other ones because I feel like it seemed like so in the the past few weeks it just seemed like everything was bad. And this week it seemed like most things were good. But then when they were bad, oh, God, like <laughs> both of the Kittle touchdowns were just like, oh, no, what are you doing? And and then to give up that 56 yard run at the end and all and all that, like um, <clears throat> and we know how Pete feels about explosives. So, like, yeah, I think that they seem to improve overall. Like, I, I don't know what their actual success rate is, you know, uh, or allowed is, but like to use that kind of frame of thought, like I think their success rate was better than what we've seen from the past couple of weeks. But then, you know, the, the, the boomer bust, like there was still a lot of bust uh, in that defense. Yeah. Kyle, Kyle got them on the, the first, the double fake on the first one. The second one was a lot of it had to do with just us. And then, the other big play they had was the tight end play up the sideline to the other tight end. So Kyle got them a couple times. Kyle's so good at the scheme and stuff like that. But yeah, you're not coming out of this game thinking like, I think we're just surprised that they didn't get destroyed on the ground again, based on how the last month has gone. And this is probably the best running team they've played, which is weird enough. But like, yeah, you're not coming out of this game. That's, that's, that's why I really agree with what Brian said before. Like, I don't think we learned much. And I think, what I, I tweeted, like, this game is just more evidence to me that, A, their players aren't good enough, especially on defense. B, their line of scrimmage isn't close to good enough. Like, they got crushed by that defensive line. And a lot of teams do. And then just defensively, like, whenever they could pressure Purdy, he looked shaky. But when they didn't pressure Purdy, it was pretty easy for him. And they just don't have enough good players in that front seven. And I said, like, our show, like, I think me and Brian have the same conclusion there. Like, I think – our evaluations have been made on this season. And I think that game is just, which is why I'm not that upset. I think it's just more proof of everything we've seen in the second half of the season. Yeah. I mean, just as context real quick there, like this isn't like the 49ers. I mean, I hate them to death. All that's real, but they were ahead of Tampa Bay, 35 to seven, 35 to nothing. Right. They beat the 
pants off of the Dolphins. I know it was close later, but like losing their quarterback in the first seven plays and they still won that and put up 33 points in that game. They've been dismantling teams lately. And this defense, there's no defense close. I don't think there's another defense close to this defense in the NFL. I think at every level they've got a star player. And uh, like they're, they're just fucking good. I wish they weren't, but they're really good. And I, I wish the Seahawks could have beat them somehow, but like 21-13 is <laughs> – anyway, I'm, I'm surprised the defense is able to hold them to 21 points. Uh, uh, Brian, what are your thoughts on Brock Purdy? Are you a, a Purdy believer? Are you a, are you part of the Purdy Hurdy? The Purdy Party? <laughs> the Purdy Party. Uh, go with Jeff first, and then I'll come, come next. Jeff, are you part of the Purdy Party? I think he was fine. Like, I, he's, he's, he's much more comfortable than I thought. Like, that's not an easy game where you don't practice all week. And, but I saw some things that made me wonder, like, can they win the Super Bowl? And – that I think that was one of my – I just don't want to see San Francisco win the Super Bowl, and their defense is so good. But, like, yeah, his numbers were really good, but, like, he, he just wasn't – whenever he was under pressure tonight, he didn't look great. Like, when things were – I thought he made a really good play at the end of third and one, but that was a really good design. But I'm not, like, super sold on him. Like, I think a really good defensive line could get him in trouble if they move him off the spot and make him a little uncomfortable. But – I'll give him credit. The guy, like, he knows where his open receivers are. He's comfortable. He does a lot of what Jimmy did on that offense to make it work. He's more to the point guard that Pete Carroll talks about. Like, he's a competent quarterback, but I'm not, like, sold on this guy being, like, a superstar or something. Yeah, I think that's well said, Jeff. I I saw some chinks in the armor, I guess, in this game. Uh, I thought that he made some bad decisions. I thought that he was – really thrown off by some blitzes that weren't even that close to getting him. And he had some happy feet and made some rushed throws. Uh, So if I'm a defensive coordinator elsewhere in the NFL, I'm like, oh, okay, I I know how to come at him. Uh, The Seahawks never really made that adjustment. Um, But it all starts with stopping the run against 49ers. And for most of this game, the Seahawks held up um, in that regard, enough to where – you know, he had to make some throws and he is not, he's not a disaster. I mean, anyone hoping for that, I don't think he's going to unravel, but um, I saw some evidence that gives me some confidence that there's a ceiling on this 49ers season with him at the quarterback and it's not a Super Bowl victory. Yeah. I'd be pretty shocked if he manages to win a Super Bowl, but I, I, uh, I, I don't want to. It's one thing to shit on the Seahawks. I'm, I'm a little nervous to, to compliment the Niners here too much, but uh, I am very hopeful that he is uh, going to pick up the Ryan Fitzgerald mantle uh, and just be a stupid, fun uh, a quarterback for a long time. You can tell that he was. Uh, there's so much Iowa State that's just like ingrained in him, where he's like, "Oh shit, if I don't do this, nobody's doing this," and so. I, I 100% believe that uh, that fourth down uh, that he rushed into the line and got the offsides and then Shani punted anyways. I think he was just uh, extremely in the moment and just total vibes based and thought they had this and rushed everyone back and was 100% going to go for it. Uh, so 
I hope he leaves San Francisco and goes on somewhere else to bring lots of joy to the league. Um, all right. I, I have a completely random trivia question. These are my favorite. Uh, and so I want you both to uh, answer with your best guess here. Uh, so with the, C- the Seahawks lost tonight, uh, I believe they now have a negative point differential. How many teams in the NFC have a positive point differential? Jeff Simmons. Philly. Dallas. San Francisco. Five. Incorrect. But you named two of them, which is very impressive. Uh, uh, Mr. Hawkblogger. Give me a number. You said he named two of them. That means that Dallas doesn't san francisco has san francisco has to have a positive point differential i would be surprised uh and the phillies philly obviously does um i would say three i don't i'm pretty sure the vikings do not after they lost uh this last time um so i would say three all right well the tweet that i read was a lie (laughs) The Niners, the Cowboys, and the Eagles all have a positive point differential. That's what. So do the Lions. And that's it. That's all. There's four. Four Four teams. I like I've adopted the Lions this year. I'm cheering for the Lions. Yeah, me too. That's that's my team the rest of the year. If the Seahawks fall out of it and somehow the Lions can get into it, I would enjoy that. Uh, it's impressive too because the other three teams in the NFC with a point positive point differential have given up 248 points, 229 points, 200, and uh, I guess now 30. Wait, how many points does the CF score? 13? So 13. 223 points. The Lions have given up 347 points and still have a positive point differential. So, good <laughs> god, Jared Goff. Maybe I'm underestimating you. We'll see. Um, uh, yeah. How long do we want to talk about this? No, I, I don't think there's well. that much more to talk about. I, last thing I guess I'll say on it is I mentioned a little bit before about the running game. Um, the, the story of the Seahawks' demise the last four or five weeks has been inability to stop the run and inability to run the football. Both things happened simultaneously. They couldn't stop being able to do either. And I thought there was progress on both both fronts tonight. Um, I'm more interested in progress on the running the football on offense front, to be honest, because I just don't give a shit about anybody on that front seven for the most part. Like, I, I'd be fine never seeing any of them play again. Um, but I do want to see – the offensive line figure out how to be successful run blocking and i thought there were some signs of life there against a very good defense and uh the chiefs don't have as good of a defense i mean they gave up a bunch of points to, to russell wilson for god's sake so maybe that'll be a more interesting game who knows so derek put in the chat earlier like in the third quarter or something like does this game make you want to draft a quarterback high any, any of you guys changing your mind on that Nope. Yeah, I, I, I wrote him back saying no. Like to me, it's all line of scrimmage. Watching that game, and but I know like Evan was some someone was texting us. I think it was Evan. Like Gino is like every time Gino makes a mistake, he seems to pop up somewhere. 
So I'm still open to the idea. Yeah. My preference though is still to, to stick with Gino, but I'm not gonna lose my mind if they end up going the Bryce Young route or something like that, if they're able to to swing that. So I think that's um, such a riskier thing, Nathan, man. If if they don't hit that quarterback, that quarterback's not elite. Are they that quarterback's better than Gino, who's been a top five quarterback all year? They are screwed. Like even if he's just as good as Gino, they're pretty screwed because like there's so many other positions that they need to address. Like it's just to me absolutely crystal clearly the wrong roster management decision to 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 draft a quarterback high. If they draft one later, fine, but if they pass on like a Will Anderson and Jalen Carter or whoever in order to draft a quarterback, I think, I think we're screwed. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't disagree. I think that's, that's ultimately the right thing to do. Um, but like I said, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna freak out about drafting Bryce Young either. If they, they get the chance. I, although, uh, you know, the last time I think I said that was when they drafted D. Eskridge over Creed Humphrey, who I preferred. But uh, <laughs> so you know, uh, it could be could could be terrible. Uh, okay, let's end on some good news. Uh, Brian Monet has a significant knee injury, according to Pete, and Tyler Lockett broke a finger in or broke a bone in his finger. So. Uh, Yep. Yay, that's fantastic. Way to, hope, way to honestly get off again. Hope uh hope Brian Monet can uh can heal up. I feel bad that he, he got hurt for sure. Yeah, I mean uh yeah, hopefully for him he's able to get that healed up and get back out there next year and keep his career going, make some more money and all that. Because that one, if it is real bad, uh I believe he's a free agent at the end of the year, so hopefully that doesn't uh, affect him there at all. I think that's probably the the big thing that can be concerned about with that at that point. Um, all right. Any last rays of sunshine from anyone? We're almost at the end of the season. <laughs> uh, yep. Okay. All right. Uh, it, Only three games left. Uh, you know, I will say uh, this, this chiefs game, I don't know if that's something to look forward to, but uh, it, I'm really hopeful it's going to be a fun game, and and uh, let's get back to the this you know the attitude about the season where it's all fun and game and games and you know it's chill and whatever happens happens and hopefully this Chiefs game is like 47 to 44 and if they win that's amazing. Um, and we'll talk about that a lot more uh, next week. Uh, please, in the meantime, there are 360 of you watching us live as i say these words please hit the like like button Uh, i can't say it but you can hit it uh you're also welcome to uh subscribe to our patreon come hang out uh they are way more positive the folks in the patreon chat than at least i tend to be uh and, and so it is a good time there if that's something that you can swing uh all that goes to charity uh so it's for a good cause and yeah, we will talk to you again. It's going to be a little while, it'll be a week, um, but we will definitely preview that Chiefs game and then we will come back to hopefully talk about a Chiefs win and I will tell you why I never lost faith and I believed all along. Um, all right, have a good one, everybody. Good night.